Hello, this is Glenda Taylor. For this podcast today, I have felt called to speak of something so sacred that, well, that words seem not enough. (laughs) My words, anyway. So for a while now, instead of making a podcast or writing a post or speaking out, I have been still and silent, prayerful. Or I've moved about restlessly, almost mindlessly, waiting, waiting. And when I have felt the necessity of giving voice to this time we are in, I have found myself again and again with those familiar disclaimers, I cannot, I am not adequate to this moment. But it seems I'm not allowed this (laughs) escape from the duty, the privilege, of sending my voice along these currents of sound to you on this Mother's Day in the midst of a deadly global pandemic. So, however inadequate I may be, or any of us may be, to wrap our words around this moment, yet I will give myself permission to share with you my thoughts just as they come to me. Mother's Day is usually celebrated with Hallmark cards and sweet sentiments, a corsage to wear to church, a breakfast in bed, or a given day of rest. This Mother's Day seems to call for more than that. It was only months ago that we were honoring mothering in midwinter before COVID-19, as some of us sang of Mary, Mother of God, of the birth of Jesus, of Mary's miraculous generative power, her virginal tenderness, her precious fragility and humanness, of her mothering power, though. Are we marked the solstice, the return of life in the dormancy of winter? Or in many other ways back then, we honored the life-giving ways of Mother Nature, Mother Earth, and the generative, creative power itself, Mother Life. Now, on this Mother's Day, in a global pandemic, I feel called upon to honor the other aspects, aspects broader and deeper and more inexplicable, even fearsome aspects of Mother Nature, Mother Earth, Mother Life. She who takes us back out of life as we know it, or would have it be, back into her eternal life of endless change. Are there words for that? Perhaps turn to metaphor or myth. Eastern traditions know the name Kali. Mesoamerican traditions, Koatlake, both show her in artistic images as holding a knife or an axe and with skulls hung around her waist. We see her now, I think, Kali, gathering bodies of our dead all over the world. The people of the East have known how to praise Kali, to worship her, even in her fearsome aspect, as Mother Kali, giver and taker of life. Can we do that? I'm reminded of the crucifixion of Christ and of the image of Mother Mary holding Jesus' broken body in her arms. We well know how to honor that. This year, if we choose, we may remember that aspect of mothering. 
on this Mother's Day, we may remember that mothering is not easy. It's not simple. It's complex and often painful. And we may expand our concept of mother, knowing that no name we give is sufficient for the great mothering power itself, mother life. So when I speak of mothering right now, I'm not speaking only of birthing our physical children, although they are vastly precious to us, as are our individual mothers as well. But now I've broadened this Mother's Day meaning to include Mother Nature herself in all of her ways. This year, this Mother's Day, it feels as though the honoring of mothers must be about not only giving recognition to the sweet and wonderful and powerful and beautiful physical mothers amongst us, but about something so much larger, something in, in each of us, something in nature, in reality itself, Mother Nature, Mother Earth, Mother Life, Madre Dia. For Mother Nature is the giver of life in an infinite number of forms, in the form of each of us, or of our loved ones, even in the form of a virus. But these forms that Mother Nature creates, all forms, are never fixed. They're always changing, growing, decaying, dissolving. Mother Nature gives life, and she receives life back into herself through disease or decay, through accident, death. We know this. Sometimes the changes come in a slow, easy evolution. Sometimes they come suddenly, starkly, as they do now. Humans, so many humans are dying right now. Although we may believe in everlasting life, in the indestructibility of energy itself, in life after death even, Still, it's unspeakably hard to experience, to witness, to understand, to give words to what is happening globally now. I do not wish to speak in platitudes, however ready to hand. For example, in a recent storm, a wind blew down a great healthy oak tree near my house. Yes, it will dissolve back to the earth, to Mother Earth, and new things will grow out of it. It will be a mothering power for the new things that will grow. I know that. But saying that doesn't really serve me right now. Years ago, when my mother died, people said many things to be comforting, things that were no doubt true and right, but I didn't want to hear them. They felt like platitudes. And I could not allow them to soften or make simple the depth of feeling, the grief, the immensity of sacredness of that time, that loss, that transition, that great change in her life and in mine. Nor do I want now in this pandemic to be satisfied with simplistic statements such as, it'll be okay, we'll get through this. Some of us will get through it, but we will be changed. I hope for the better, but we have to decide what that change may be. 
on this Mother's Day when Mother Nature has, shall we say, put us in time out, we have been given time to reconsider ourselves, our actions, our ability to care for and to nurture life, and to think about our own creative, life-giving, and life-destroying powers. Mother Nature is in all of us. It is what we are made of. And again, I'm speaking not just about childbearing women who are capable of mothering. Mother life surges in all of us, giving us forms of fertility, creativity, along with the ability to nurture, preserve, protect, or destroy. We have the power in us to preserve or destroy much of Mother Earth itself. We have the power to change the way things have been or to continue again the old ways of life that we have become accustomed to. Our own creative impulses can contribute to newness of life or not. And we can help decide what our new lives will or could or should look like if we choose to honor our own mothering powers, whoever we are. And we can take a good long look at our own powers of destruction. Sometimes in the dissolving, the decaying, the destruction, the loss of what we have loved, Mother Nature can seem unkind, unfair, even wicked or wrong or evil, as can any mother, any mothering power, any life form. We have the archetype of the wicked stepmother, the angry fairy godmother, the dark witch, to remind us of how universal this awareness is. Knowing this as I do, and having experienced often enough in my lifetime the long shadow cast by the inexplicable occurrences that take away our joy and our simple peace, I continue to bear witness each day to the sorrow and suffering this pandemic brings. I am aware of so much grief and fear, as well as so much transcendent grace and courage and strength that also comes forth in times like these. I do not turn away from the news daily of the dangers and challenges so much. It has sent me into the stillness at the deepest regions of my being where I pray and listen and care. In my daily prayers, without a sense of entitlement, but with a deep sense of gratitude, daily I acknowledge and pray for the mothering powers of the caregivers in this pandemic who are even now risking their lives for others. I pray for the mothering power of all those who are staying at home and social distancing, protecting, nurturing, educating, entertaining, and being creative with their families. I pray for all those so sick, so alone, who are in transition out of this lifespan and for all of those who are healing and those who wait fearfully for them to get well. For all of those who are fearful and those without food or a job 
are the means of support and nourishment right now. And for in each of us the creative, mothering power necessary to create new ways of life, new ways of being in the future that better serve all of us and the earth and life itself. And of course, I pray for myself that if it is right, I may continue to live so that I may serve life. And always I acknowledge and honor my own concept of the Great Mother as she gathers to herself all the lives lost. But I do also at times turn to look in another direction for balance, to see all else that is not dying, that is still here flourishing. Daily I walk in the lush forest. I sit and touch the earth. I watch the trees sway in the invisible wind that touches my face gently. And in many other quiet ways, I register and take in the beauty, the immense beauty and wonder of life still flourishing, flourishing, even as this harsh storm of death and destruction is moving in our world. So each day I send on to you an awareness of this beauty and peace and comfort and balance. And I pray and talk to and think about Mother Nature in all our manifestations. As I turn to her, acknowledging all her ways beyond my understanding, I dare to say, small as I am, Mandre, Mother, Thou giver and taker of life, shaper of energy, time, and space. You who bring us into being, nurture us, and then shepherd us back out of form, sometimes with ease and meaningful ceremony, sometimes abruptly, even ruthlessly, it feels like, sometimes justly or unjustly, it feels like. So it has seemed to countless generations who have stood before the complexity of you, Mother Life, and have always come to recognize and affirm that in the world around us you are life and death, and in each of us, in each of us, you are life and death. As our great mother, do you suffer with us, as Mother Mary did, as we have seen depicted in that heart-wrenching statue of Mother Mary holding in her arms the crucified Christ and the Pieta. Surely right now many, many mothers are experiencing that same pain and sorrow of the loss of a dearly loved one in this pandemic. Death, suffering, loss is not new, of course. We have seen the same grief in the anguished eyes of the parents of children shot dead are starved, are slaughtered in war, are taken by suicide or madness. All of that, all of that crowds my consciousness as I am asked to speak a Mother's Day message that for this occasion will do. I have for years collected image after image of the Great Mother, ancient images that were painted on cave walls, carved in bone, shaped in stone, art forms created down through the ages to honor and acknowledge the great 
complexity, the many-sided depth of this energy, this power, this mothering way of being. And I have in my own experiences, indeed in my own being, known the complexity, the many-sided depth of who I am. Hmm. To be mother, to give life, we humans assume lover, desire, pleasure, fertility, and the joy of new life coming through us. It's not always that way, of course. Not so pleasant, not so satisfying. Sometimes birth, new life comes, not through desire or pleasure, but because of unspeakable suffering, desecration, violation, sorrow upon sorrow. But new life does come. And mothers are mothers in joy and sorrow. And again, not just with childbearing, other forms of creation too, not just physical creation, are generated or birthed with ease or anguish. These creations, these lives, these ways of life we bring forth, they come through us, but they're never ours to hold on to ultimately. Our children are not our own. They are ultimately their own. They are the children of life itself. Though creation may come through our flesh or our minds or our hands, it is yours, Mother Life. It is you. It is life always. But we love it as our own. We nurture it. We seek to sustain it. We think of providing and protecting, of teaching and training, of loving and shaping. We know the hours and eons of sleepless, watchful, prayerful days and nights, the joy, the dreams, and always the careful bargaining with the gods, the powers that be, keep him safe. Let her be whole and healthy. Let this artistic vision, this job, this new venture, let it come to be. Spare them, protect them, heal them, Please, God, please, God. Please, Goddess, we might choose to say, speaking to you, Madre Dia, great mothering power, life giver, life sustainer, life dissolver. But, oh, as I suspected, my mind wanders from image to image, and words fail to be shaped neatly in this podcast. Flashes of intuition Memory, experience, come and go, all under the guise of Mother, Mother's Day, ceremony, celebration. How do we celebrate it all this year? I am unable to speak fully of the depth of meaning of what I feel right now in this time, in this way that things are. So again, I sit silenced. Misting rain softens my view of the deep forest surrounding me. Seated on the porch with my cup of tea, quiet, I turn again inward. I am 81, in the midst of a pandemic, an elder, one of those most at risk in this particular virulent outbreak that as yet has not prevented vaccine nor cure. I am at risk. And two, I'm at risk because I'm still recovering from two trips to hospital in the past six months. Emergency gallbladder surgery where I nearly died. And then 
pancreatitis when I was in such pain and sickness that all food was withheld for days. That was only three months ago. No wonder I feel shaky. And it was only ten months ago that I was in an emergency room in Colorado with severe vertigo that lasted for days. Now, energetically, it does feel as though I'm standing on the edge of a precipice, not wanting to look, too shaken by the thought of the abyss it would be so easy to fall over into, bringing certain injury, possible death, even likely death. No, in my very active imagination, I do not willingly risk the edge of the precipice, though it is ever-present in my awareness now. It's not out of fear that I withdraw, but rather out of deep respect for the reality we are all in now. Change of many sorts. Medical, financial, political, climate change storms, fires, and all else. I do not fear to die, but I'm not ready yet, I think. I'm just finally getting started with some things I always wanted to do. And so I sit quietly, often now to calm myself. I allow myself to be in my mind on the bank of the West Dolores River, my back against a massive tree that feels so solid and safe and upright and that cradles me between its smooth roots going down from the tree on either side of me, anchoring the tree and its origins in the earth. The tree is not, I know, invincible. It is an elder like me and will one day fall, but not yet, for now the tree and I reside by the river tumbling past us, splashing over rocks and boulders and other fallen trees and debris. I am a mother, a grandmother, and I am a sponge that soaks up, even unawares, the suffering of countless people who are grieving, fearful, angry, panicked, confused, on hold, or whatever they might be feeling right now. It is much to feel, to bear, to witness hold reverence for, to acknowledge this Mother's Day, the magnitude of life itself in all its ways of being. So I spend time being both ways, aware of the precipice, the abyss, the news every day, bringing with it the possibility of disabling depression of my giving up. And I also spend time in meditation, seeing myself sitting calmly by that great tree in my memory, feeling the cool, moist earth beneath me, with the velvety, slender green leaves of grass slipping through my fingers, and the sound of the river nearby, the current of everything constantly changing, changing. And again and again I become aware also of an eagle, of the smooth, amazing float and drift of an eagle resting on a current of air that moves invisibly, carrying the eagle along effortlessly. The currents will continue to move, currents of air and river and time and circumstance. For now it is essential, I think, for me to be with that eagle, alert, aware, with keen vision of what there is to see, what is happening always, 
but also floating with the eagle on a current of grace, having patience to wait respectfully, gratefully for the next thing when the current shifts or ceases and I must fly. Where? When? How? Yesterday evening, Christine and I wandered her land, walking among the wildflowers, acres and acres of wildflowers blooming on her land, all colors and sizes and shapes of shining, beautiful flower beings. Again, I seem to notice the brevity of this life. Each flower blooms briefly, face turned to the sun, brushed by bees and butterflies, touched by dew, bitten by bugs and torn by wind or rain, and then they're gone. The bloom is gone. The plant also will die back come fall to wait for another season until next year's return, probably, possibly, if the circumstances of Mother Nature's life allows. Sometimes, when depression has slipped up on me, or when I've taken in for too long the heavy grief that is everywhere around us right now, I think about flowers blooming on some unobserved meadow or on a cliffside or in a crack in concrete. Why? Why bother to grow against such odds of weeds and grass and being overrun by tractors or cars or knocked down by hail or whatever? Why? Why exert yourself to bloom so briefly, most often with no one to see you, flower, to admire you in your small, elegant, perfect beauty, when your life is so short? Why bother to live at all? More than once I have stood on that precipice between life and death, feeling all that, and then feeling a despair darker than mere depression. I've always managed to step back, choosing again and again to live, despite such deep awareness of how hard life can sometimes be. The poet, of course, long ago answered the question posed to the frail flowers as he searched his own hopeless reaction to his own mortality, the brief expanse of any life, the short duration of all the meanings we have held so dear, the poet answered for the flower, quote, Beauty is its own excuse for being. So now I say, life itself is its own excuse for being. However it is, however brief, it is enough. Yesterday, the fullness of feeling that flowed over me as I walked among the flowers. As a supermoon, a full, full big moon rose over the treetops and filled the sky. Just as Christina put a tiny match to some kindling to start an evening campfire there on the edge of the meadow of wildflowers. I had such a fullness of feeling, such an overflowing gratitude to mother life Mother Nature, Mother Earth, and to my own mother who gave me life, and to all the mothers everywhere, to the mothering power that is in everyone, man, woman, child, the power of life and death, 
the timeless eternity of the ever-changing nature of things. Madre Dia, Mother Life, you are your own reason for being, and I and all else are in you, coming and going, living and dying, eternally, in every form. So on this Mother's Day weekend, I have said these words, <laughs> small and wandering as they are to you, to each of you, and to the mother herself in reverence, in respect for the wholeness, the immensity of mother life, beyond my ability to say well. But I dare to offer my humble prayer for beingness itself. A blessed Mother's Day to all of you. May this time be sacred to you. May we never forget all that is here for us to learn, all that is essential and important and beautiful and courageous and tender and transformative and forgiving and loving in all the ways that mothering is and has always been and will always be. May we carry ourselves onward bravely and somehow joyfully, looking toward our responsibility for the many generations to come after us, fulfilling our commitment and responsibility to life herself. And of course, I send my gratitude for all of you who mother me so generously and graciously. Happy Mother's Day. This is Glenda Taylor. Until the next podcast, which will be on some other topic, <laughs> who knows what at this point, may you have a blessed day. Join me on the One and All Wisdom website. <music>